Hey, I'm Sammy and welcome to The Queer Experience. Today I'll be talking to Joe, who is 20 years old and goes by they, them pronouns and is bisexual. They're from Dallas, Texas and is a junior studying political science, public policy and human rights with minors in history, international studies and women and gender studies. They're passionate about politics and human rights issues, specifically racial and socioeconomic inequality. Joe is involved on campus as the Student Senate's Executive Board Chief of Staff and is the founder of an organization called Unity Coalition, which serves to unite BIPOC students against white, white supremacy. Welcome, Joe. I'm really excited to learn a bit about you and your experiences being queer, especially because we do go to the same college and you're extremely involved on campus from everything I see. <laughs> I'm excited to be here and uh, maybe you're over-illustrating that a little. But... <laughs> Much more involved than I am, in <laughs> fact. I feel like I see you everywhere. Kind of hard to miss. I got purple hair and I'm tall. That's I'm very true. loud. <laughs> That's true. And you're a person of color, so that definitely does stand out at our school. Oh. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me a little bit about your journey and realizing that you're queer. Okay, um, I knew when I was four. Um, okay. And it was like in the dumbest way possible. Um, so I was playing with my Barbies and my cousin was there and she's holding Ken. And she's like, one day you're going to find your Ken. And I was like, I mean, like Ken's cool and all, but like, what about Barbie? Like <laughs> Barbie's kind of fire. Um, would definitely like tap oh yeah but you know it was like that at a really young age and I didn't really know the word for it and so I was just kind of like maybe I just think girls are really pretty and I'm good at appreciating them and then like as I got older I was like oh hell no I'm gay I'm fruity <laughs> as fuck um so it's just like it was very apparent to me from a young age and even though I didn't have the word for it I didn't know that I was bisexual and I like couldn't say it I knew from a really young age and I also came out at a really young age too so since you did realize at a pretty young age, did the people around you know that you were like bisexual or did they just assume you were straight? So I think because I grew up about 30 minutes away from SMU. So like in a very white, very suburban area. And obviously like in Texas, the default is heterosexual. Um, so I, I would assume that people like thought I was heterosexual. And then I came out as bi publicly on the day that gay marriage was legalized in the Aww. U.S. Um, and so that's when I was like, I'm fruity. <laughs> I'm limp-wristed. Um, and some people were like, oh my God, you, gay. And then some people were like, obviously. Yeah. So it was kind of like a mixed reaction, but I definitely think up until probably like the end of elementary yeah. school was when people like started to think like, oh, maybe like a little, mm -hmm. a little fruity. Yeah. So how did your family react to the whole thing? Um, so I came out to my parents at different times. Um, so I came out to my mom, I think it was seventh grade, mm -hmm. before I actually came out publicly. And then I came out to my dad my senior year of high school, like oh, the wow. summer after my senior year of high school. Um, so my mom, she doesn't like me telling this story, but she didn't take it in the best way. I personally felt like a lot of the things she was saying were kind of biphobic, being like, why aren't you satisfied by one one gender and like all this type of stuff mm -hmm. and, and like the whole like this is just a phase and all that kind of stuff and I just remember like being really really hurt by it but then like we went to California for spring break 
Um, and so from there, she met my super liberal cousins yeah. uh, who lived in Los Angeles. And so like they kind of schooled her That's awesome. on LGBTQIA plus like issues and what it meant to mm-hmm. be queer. And so from there, she was like, holy shit, I'm so sorry. That's like That awesome. was totally my bad. And then I didn't come out to my dad because he is Malaysian. Mm -hmm. And so Malaysia is one of the few countries in the world where it is legal to commit hate crime and murder someone that is queer Mm -hmm. or is suspected of being queer and there will be no legal repercussions. Oh, shit. So I was really scared of how he would take it. Um, And so one day my mom was like, we were just hanging out. It was super casual and my dad's just like chilling out at our apartment and so my mom goes, hey, you want to say something to your dad? And I was mm-hmm. like, is, is this the moment? And she was like, yeah, it's the moment. And I was like, what the hell? This is so impromptu. And I was like, dad, I'm kind of gay, uh, like really gay. And he was like, dude, I've seen all of your girlfriends here. Do you think I'm blind? And I was like, no, I just thought that you thought I was being friendly. And he was like, no, that was so obviously gay. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I really don't care. As long as you're happy, like this doesn't affect me personally. Like this is your life. And so he was super nonchalant about it so now my yeah. parents are like my kid is gay oh and it's like super cute because they're all like gay rights and Yay. i'm like gay rights i love that yeah. that's awesome so with that being said you are bisexual but you're also non-binary so mm-hmm. how did you go about navigating that you are non-binary and finding that identity in yourself yeah so when i started questioning my gender identity i was in middle school um And at first I thought like, you know, is this like internalized misogyny? Cause I was like, oh my God, like I hate being a woman and being associated with women, like pink things, girly things, blah. And I was like, okay, hold on. Like, let's think about this. Like, is it genuinely because I don't like the color pink and I don't like sparkles? Or is it because I'm attaching it to the idea of femininity? And I Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that like I was not being misogynistic within myself and so it was like a really weird like combing through that kind of trauma yeah um and I came to the conclusion that I just really don't like sparkles I don't like typical feminine things and I don't identify with like the feminine body Mm -hmm. honestly um and that was just something I came to a realization with and so I kind of figured out it was like all at the same time Mm -hmm. like when I came out as bi I didn't come out as non-binary until I actually came to SMU okay um but I knew around that time I started slowly telling people that I preferred they them pronouns Mm -hmm. but like it was very on the down low yeah like from eighth grade to high school Mm -hmm. like everyone still called me by my full name which I don't go by here and they still use she her pronouns and then I got to SMU and I came out at the coming out monologues held by the women in LGBT center that was like the first place that I said it out loud and I came out there and it was like literally a room of six people (laughs) and it was like so stupid but also so liberating and like I had someone from the daily campus come and talk to me about it and like all this really like actually cool stuff and Mm -hmm. so it was like I knew at a young age and like Coming through that was really, really um, intense, but I think also at the same time, it kind of prepped me for, like, really critical thinking about the rest of my identity and, like, who I am and who I want to be. No, for sure, and honestly, I feel like SMU has such a safe space for the LGBT community because the whole LGBT community at SMU is extremely tight-knit. Yeah. And they really do make the effort for everyone to get to know each other, so... That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand, like, 
if there's any safe space that you could find to first announce that you're non-binary, it would be that. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I feel like even though the fact that we are not acknowledged as much on this campus sucks, I think it's also a blessing um, Mm -hmm. because it gives people who are so deeply in the closet the opportunity to, like, get in contact with the community and really, like, not have to be looked at through a microscope, you know? like. Yeah, 100%. Like... Honestly, like, I'm pretty closeted, and mostly with people from my religious sector, and there's a lot of people from my religious group that go to SMU, but I can be super in touch with the LGBT groups on campus because of how much attention we just don't get, Mm -hmm. which is so shitty, too, because it's like, oh, no, we deserve that attention, but it's also, like, you can be prideful in private and not have anyone, like, up your shit and be like, exactly. oh, so you're gay now. Yeah, it's like everyone has their own way of showing their pride and, and their queerness. And I think, like, if you are empowered to do it out and, you know, have it posted in different places and end up, like, being used as, like, an advocate in some sort of way, mm-hmm. like, by all means, if that's your channel, like, embrace it. That's, yeah. that's the way you want to experience your yeah. queerness. But at the same time, there is nothing wrong. And if anything, like, if you feel empowered through staying, like, in a community mm-hmm. where you feel comfortable but not shouting it from the rooftops, yeah. that's just as valuable. Exactly. Everyone's way of expressing themselves is so worth it, even if it's just a small flag in your room or if it's just you mentally or just supporting the queer person next to you like Mm -hmm. every means means something so I think people underestimate the power of just the little things and media just publicizes it so much like they're Mm -hmm. like you need to come out you need to be so out there you need to do all of this but it's like no you can do the little things for yourself too you don't have to do all of those things until you're ready yourself and if you don't want to that's okay as well yeah I like I saw this tweet and it was like coming out is for straight people like Mm -hmm. the act of coming out perpetuates the heterosexual like norm Mm -hmm. and coming out is not for gay people it's for straight people to observe our existence so in reality it shouldn't be coming out it should be letting in yeah like we are selectively allowing Mm -hmm. whether we are letting people in to see that part of ourselves and i saw that and i was like that's a really hot take that i actually really liked i was like damn yeah okay twitter why is that kind of like (laughs) nice but on twitter like that's the wrong place for you to be posting that no for sure because i feel like queer people just are used to not assuming people's gender identity and sexuality when first Mm -hmm. meeting them and it's only like really straight cis people that Mm. are the ones that are like oh like you're immediately heterosexual or you're immediately the gender identity that you were born with without any other assumption Mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. you came out as non-binary at SMU so how has it been coming out as non-binary at SMU especially because it is a pretty conservative school how has that worked it's actually been pretty seamless um yeah there are still a lot of days like literally the class before this someone um I know still was repeatedly misgendering me like we were doing a presentation and she was still using she her pronouns for me and like I literally was just so frustrated but it's that's like honestly the worst of it I've never had someone like walk up to me and try and call me Ames or like 
you know, pointed attacks being targeted at me, like none of that, but also because like I think people know that if they say that to me, I will literally fight them and punt them to the moon. Oh yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, it really hasn't been all that bad, but when I came out, I didn't know of anyone else. I knew of one person who was non-binary and used they them pronouns. And they were also Asian. So I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, two of us." What? Love that. Yeah. Here <laughs> in the world? Crazy. But I think it was it was rough walking through that process alone. Mm-hmm. Um and feeling super disconnected from other people and having to like go through the whole thing of correcting people on pronouns and like feeling very uncomfortable. Um, in my own skin for a little while not because I didn't trust myself but because I didn't trust others yeah it was tough in that way but I also think that like once again it was you know all of these experiences are blessings in disguise and then they allow you to kind of like take key learning experiences and Mm -hmm. run with it and like I hope that maybe a little bit of what I've done has given other people the ability to come out more seamlessly Mm -hmm. and not have the same experiences i hope i really hope um but if not you know there's still allyship and understanding that kind of yeah journey that you have to go through to come out at this kind of institution Mm -hmm, for sure and honestly like the visibility of more non-binary people more queer people is making smu so much more of a comfortable environment for queer students Mm -hmm. like i see the younger students that are just incoming freshmen, some sophomores are so much more open about their sexuality mm-hmm. and expressing themselves, dressing the way that they want, just being mm-hmm. who they are. So it's really wonderful to see. Yeah. As an RA, like I see that all the time. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I live in the commons that is serving primarily first years and sophomores. And so like, I'm seeing these first years and I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> you're so cool. Like some of them, like this one kid he got a pride flag from the women in lgbt center and he's super in touch with his femininity and he's not gay but he like was like i'm gonna put this pride flag in my room and like put it in this little like cup with all my pencils and stuff because like that's what allyship's about like i don't have to be gay to do the things that i want to do and he was like i like pretty flowers and he paints his nails and he has the best fits ever and i'm like (laughs) oh my god i'm obsessed with you like you know it's just like this very large swath yeah at least for smu of like comfortable people not only in their queerness, but also just, like, yeah. in their gender identities mm-hmm. and understanding that you don't have to live by, like, your gender roles. Exactly. And, and you can still be cis. Yeah, you know? for sure. That's amazing. I love hearing things like that, especially because I feel like the younger that kids are, the more open they're becoming. And mm-hmm. I love the break between gender and gender roles that's taking place right I now. I know. It makes me so happy. Yeah. There's this one guy on TikTok where I know that he is... Um, He's a stay-at-home husband. Love that. And literally, him and his wife are, like, breaking down the patriarchy. Like, she's <laughs> the one working all the time. He literally makes videos of himself, like, vacuuming <laughs> and, like, cleaning and yelling at his wife for putting stuff in the dishwasher bar. And I'm like, I literally love that so much. It's oh. just the small things like yeah. that that makes a world of a difference, yeah. which is insane. 
Because the small things are what teaches them about the bigger things in life, right? Like, if they first learn that, no, men and women, like, anyone can be in the kitchen and cook, mm-hmm. like, later Everyone on... Everyone should be in the kitchen and cooking. Exactly. Like, later on, they're not going to have that expectation where they're like, oh, the woman should do the housely chores, even if it's just one little thing. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing to see things like that, especially at our campus. And have you seen more... Um, queer visibility through higher education since you've been in it? Yeah, um, I didn't have any. So for example, just like teachers, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. they're, they are the education system. Um, from up until like high school, I didn't see anyone that was visibly queer that like I could look up to as like an authority figure. And then I got to SMU and like, the building we're in right now, Hughes Church Student Center, is home to the Women in LGBT Center. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the director and um, our coordinator, both of them are queer women. Um, and then, like, we have just tons of faculty and staff members that are queer. Um, and, like, the Women in LGBT Center has a mentorship program where they partner you with faculty and staff that are queer. And it, it's, like, it's crazy because mm-hmm. then you put, like faces to names to identities and then you are getting to see like full-on visible adults yeah like living as their authentic and queer selves yeah. and you're just like oh my god it's insane because it's just like a whole other world mm-hmm. from where I grew up oh yeah I grew up near Dallas too and I know the lack of visibility and just all the hatred towards it like I had I knew someone in high school and he had two dads right they were gay they were married and the amount of shit he got for Mm -hmm. having two gay dads and that also impacted him so negatively honestly not the best human being in the world but that's because he tried so hard to be the typical man yeah because he had gay dads so he didn't want to associate himself with those types of situations and roles but that's just one small thing but being able to see more queer adults and seeing Mm -hmm. more like queer adults with families also helps so much not only for us but also for different families who are in queer situations and do have queer parents yeah it's just like this entire like cycle of queer empowerment Mm -hmm. like you go through these hardships at a young age and then if you decide that domestic life is for you and you know you have kids and you're visibly queer in spaces Mm -hmm. that have for so long been patriarchal and like heterosexual Mm -hmm. like institutions like you're just seeing those faces like slowly pop up and it's just like for me I never want to have kids but it's just like I can't imagine what that does for people who aspire to have families who are queer you know yeah and it hasn't even been because of TikTok that I've seen queer people with families. Like, it's so hard to see queer adults that have children and how the children's ha- how the children have ended up. And I know a big concern for some queer people is like, how am I gonna even go about getting a child because the system's so rigged against yes, queer people? Literally. And like I'm, for example, I'm Pakistani, and like my dream is to adopt a kid from Pakistan. But can mm-hmm. I do that? Mm-hmm. Hell no. That's a yeah. Muslim country. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get it. Things like that are also extremely difficult. And on top of that, with college, have you found more opportunities for queer people? Yeah. So actually. Um, so I'm a point scholar, 
which um, the Point Foundation is the largest LGBTQIA plus uh, foundation in the country. Mm-hmm. And so they have different scholarships and stuff. And so from there, it's open to undergrad and graduate students. Yeah. And so I first heard about it through, funnily enough, my mentor mm-hmm. from the Women in LGBT Center. Um, she told me about this scholarship and she was like, oh, you should apply. I applied my freshman year. I didn't get it. And then I applied again this year and I was like, I'm going to just do it on my own. Like, I'm not going to ask for any peer reviews, like nothing. I'm just Mm going to write it authentically to who I am and just see what happens. Um, And the process to getting to be a scholar is really, really intense. There are four different rounds. So you have your initial application. Then you move on to the semifinalist where you send in supplementary stuff. Then you have a phone interview um, which is like the second part of the semifinalist stage because there's two parts. Oh, so wow. like you get divided again after the semifinalist between the like the secondaries and the calls. Mm-hmm. And then from there you are then a finalist, and so you have to do a presentation about like some projects that you've done yeah. um, and like your contributions to the community. And then finally you figure out if you're a scholar. And so I calculated the percentage and you have less than a 0.01% chance of getting into that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got into it this year and I was like, holy shit, no fucking yeah, way, that's dude. that's awesome. I lost my mind. I got the call um, and I was in New York and I literally started sobbing um, because it just meant so much to yeah. be recognized by queer people like to even be part of this fantastic yeah. organization that has supported queer people yeah and like has seen so much um, potential in those mm-hmm. people to invest time and money into yeah. them and so it's like I found out I was a point BIPOC scholar in February March yeah um and I was part of the inaugural class for that um and so like that's you know being a person of color it wasn't as intense of a process um, and I was super, super stoked that I had got that. But when I got the flagship, which was, like, the big one, and it's a continued scholarship mm-hmm. up until you graduate, I, like, freaked out. Yeah. And that opportunity was just insane. Because mm-hmm. I never thought – I didn't even know that it, it, like, existed Yeah. up until I got here. And even then, I had to have another queer person tell me about mm-hmm. it. But then I got in, and I, like, have joined this incredible organization of queer scholars. That's um, awesome. And, like – all these amazing people and it's just like that opportunity has been Mm life-changing and I wouldn't be able to get that opportunity Mm -hmm. if I wasn't in higher education so it's just like super cool the doors that open for you once you head to college oh for sure what's your favorite part about the point scholar oh there's so many things um the fact that I'm in a cohort of like the coolest people ever Mm -hmm. um like all these kids like, I know that IVs don't mean, like, anything, quote-unquote anything, and it's just, like, an institution. But I'm with the coolest kids from, like, all of the best institutions yeah. in the country. And I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing here? <laughs> I go to Southern Methodist University, and comparatively, we are not in the same ballpark. Honey. Yeah. We are playing different sports. <laughs> I am not even playing sports. You are big leagues, like, NFL-type shit. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I'm so in awe of these people. And these are just the people that I'm in a cohort with. Mm-hmm. Imagine all the people that have come before me. Yeah. And, like, I've had past scholars reach out to me and be like, I've seen your work, I've seen your project, I see you all over points, like, social media. And, and like, they're so incredibly supportive. And it's just, like, that network is so authentic and mm-hmm. so real. And I'm just, I'm genuinely so blessed yeah. to be part of that. Because it's you're looking around and seeing high-achieving 
out and proud queer people doing their shit and doing it well. Oh, yeah. Like, excelling in everything that you do. And it's just, like, you're seeing just this uh, this recognition mm-hmm. and accomplishment in all of these individuals. And it's, like, I'm associated with them? Yeah. I get to talk to these people? <laughs> I get to meet these people? And, like, all the opportunities we get. I was recognized by... Um, Michelle Obama's organization. Oh wow! Um, and they posted me on their Instagram. That's um, and I was like, uh, "What? <laughs> what? No way! No fucking way!" And mm-hmm. it happened. And I was like, "Never in my wildest dreams." Also, a straight pos- person could never. But like, you know, <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah. No, that's crazy. That's awesome. Things like that. Like I've never even heard of that scholarship. Yeah, it's. It's really, like, even though it's large, you still mm-hmm. know that the queer community is small. And yeah. so, like, in that way, it's still kind of niche. Yeah, for sure. And I guess to close things off a little bit, what is a piece of advice you'd give to anyone questioning their gender and or sexuality? It's so, so fucking corny. You are who you are, and you need to be authentic to that. Um, mm-hmm. No one can define who you are. You are the only person who, like, gets to dictate, you know, your pronouns, your name, your gender. You get to make that choice. And if you are questioning, by all means, don't let anybody stop you. Explore who you are to the fullest because in the end, you know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, in the next hour, in the next minute. And every second that you allow your authentic self to not be shown Mm -hmm. you're doing yourself a disservice so truly do not hold back in figuring out who you are by all means it is the best thing that you can do your for yourself and the biggest thing that we emphasize in the queer community besides like unity and being there to support each other is like being there to support yourself yeah and you have to do that for yourself and there you should do it like by all means, discover who you are, discover your passions, and once you figure it out, even if it changes in the long run, like, don't shy away from who you mm-hmm. are, because life is too short to do that, and embrace every single part of who you are, the good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly, it doesn't matter, because it makes you who you are, mm-hmm. and in the end, every part of you makes the piece of art that you are yeah. as an individual, so it's just like, live authentically, do you. Love that, yeah, exactly, that's exactly how it should be. Well, Joe, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. And thank you to our audience for listening. For updates on the show, subscribe to the website, thequeerexperience.com, with dashes in between all the words. This is Sammy with The Queer Experience, and I'll see you next time.